You're listening to the Release City Church online experience. Hey, listen, we really hope today's message is one that will encourage you, inspire you, and challenge you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks again for listening. Now let's check it out. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, find Thanksgiving. Find something to be thankful for. As I was previewing that video this week uh, for the service, I got a download uh, from heaven. How many is what a download is? Well, it was a download, and it, and it went this way. A fixed focus on Jesus will always produce a heart of thanksgiving. Let me say that again. A fixed focus on Jesus, a fixed focus on Jesus will always produce a heart of thanksgiving. And I was thinking, I know that the Holy Spirit will give you downloads, but that one was a little different. It actually sounded like it had a little Dr. DW on it. You know what I'm talking about? Because Dad's downloads or Dad's nuggets, that was actually cool, Dad's downloads. Dad's downloads were always real thick. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's one thing to have, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit give you a teachable moment, and it was like, man, that's a good word. But when Dad brought it, Dad, Dad heard things a little differently. He all, it could have been light from heaven, but, God, but Dad always had a way of translating it back to just to be a little, little extra mm on it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that was that coach in him. I don't know. Just wanting to always make sure he pressed you for greatness. Amen? And whenever I couldn't find my way to greatness, I would drop to the side of my knees beside a bed not to pray. Oh, I was praying, dear Lord, don't let this hurt. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that was what I'm talking about. No. But I just believe that a fixed focus will always produce a heart, a heart of thanksgiving. If you brought your Bibles with you this morning, I'm so glad you're here. Um, let's turn in the book of James, chapter 4. Um, James 4, beginning with verse 1. James chapter 4, begin with verse 1. Uh, we're going to just kind of lay down the foundation for, for what we, uh, where we were at last week and then continue moving forward with part 2. What is causing the quarrels? Now, remember, this is a letter from James to the church. Everybody say, this is a letter to me. Yeah, it's so easy to go, man, that's a good word, pastor. I got about five people that's for. Well, you can take away all those five and go, that one's for me. Because all of this in this book is for us. Amen. So, this is him writing to us today. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Anybody got quarrels and fights going on? Yeah, some of y'all are like, yep, sure do. And then some of y'all are like, yeah, but if I raise my hand right now, I'll get in big trouble. <laughs> What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, don't, excuse me, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Pause. I thought about even the prayer for healing. Of loved ones. How many knows we pray for healing, right? And God taught me a long time ago, and I don't always do it, but to pray specific prayers. But a lot of times when we pray for healing and loved ones go on to heaven, they receive this is not me, this is not me trying to 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 gloss up anything. It's the truth. 
They received their healing. They got everything that we prayed for. But what were we praying? Well, we didn't say healing for them to stay. We prayed for healing. They got that. But the prayer and the, the motive behind the prayer was so that we can have them here. I'm trying to help somebody out because God helped me to remind me of what he's already shown me. So, so when we lose loved ones and we were believing and praying for their healing, they got it. But my motive was because I didn't want to hurt through their absence. And I've said this over the course of the past month. I'm not that selfish after Robin passed and dad remained here. I'm not that selfish that I would have wanted dad to walk the rest of his life like he did those three weeks without her. I'm not that selfish that I would want him to be here. It would have been better for him to be. He'd ran his race. He finished the course. He closed the gap. So, So the reason we don't get the prayers is because We're praying with ill motives. Verse 4, you adulterers. Remember, this is not for the people outside the church. This is for the people in the church. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again for those in the back that didn't hear. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. We've already talked about that this morning. He gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Today is part two of this two-part series that or talk that I've entitled Closing the Gap. Closing the gap. Now, as you know, last week, um, though Dad is now has a, uh, address in heaven, God aligned everything up for Dad to receive um, his diploma for his doctorate uh, degree from the University of Southeastern. Because Dad was so adamant about not wanting to be in the spotlight, right? I start thinking uh, two weeks ago in preparation for this two-part series, that if dad would have been here and walked across the platform in front of all of us or at, on a stage at the university, one of the very first things he would have done, and you know this is true if you know him, that he would have immediately changed the direction of the conversation so you're no longer talking about him. There's a lot we can learn about that, me included. And so I start thinking, what, what would he have shared in that moment of flipping the script and turning things around. He would have wanted us to know, never give up, keep running your race. And something that he taught me, and he lived every day of his life this way, and that's closing the gap. He had a list of things he had to do, and he closed the gap. From the time he woke up to the time he went to bed, he was closing the gap. He was marking things off. He was checking things off. Well, guess what? He got to the end of the race. That's what happened uh, a, month ago, a month and two days ago, last month. He finished the race. He did the last checkbox. Now I'm sure he's trying to find some things to do up there. <laughs> he's probably coaching some people up, up in heaven. What y'all think? Yeah. 
So this particular passage of scripture is a letter that James was writing to the early church. The believers in the early church um, were scattering because of persecution. I think that's a lot, a lot the same as today. It's not a lot different. Is that people scatter. They no longer find themselves wanting to be in the church because of persecution. Maybe it's not necessarily persecution of what they're, because of their stance in Jesus. Maybe they're just receiving some persecution just because of the fact it's the enemy coming after their home, after their lives, after the, the, the mission for their lives because they're taking a stand and have made church a priority and serving others a priority. The, de- the devil, the enemy doesn't like that, so he's coming after them. So instead of remaining faithful to that that's called persecution they scatter the distance or the gap between where they were the early church excuse me where they where they were and where they now are has them missing some things and I told you last week that when there's distance or when there's a gap there will inevitably be things that you and I miss when we were once here, but now we're here, we, it's, it's very dangerous to want to go back and go, but I, I miss those things. Anybody ever had anything in your past that you miss? Could be a loved one. It could be, could be a job. Maybe you miss, I mean, I, I don't know, but we've all faced that. And, and being caught up, I've learned this a long time ago, being caught in the middle of the gap will also cause you to misinterpret, misconstrue, and misunderstand. I also told you last week that distance can leave you feeling disconnected. When you're stuck in a gap, you can feel disconnected. Think about your marriage. Think about a relationship. Think about, um, think about uh, from the church, maybe distancing yourself from the church. Now you're feeling disconnected. It's because you've allowed a gap. One of the first points that we talked about last week was that distance will cause you to misappreciate. If you're taking notes and you weren't here last week, write that down. Distance will cause you to misappreciate. And let's be honest, if, if we scroll through, because we live in a society where we're looking at what everybody else is doing. Well, they're on vacation. I wish I could take a vacation. Well, look at that. Joy Bells. They got a new car. Sure wish I could get a new car. Anybody ever felt that way? Where's all the honest people? Let's say that together. Honest? Where's all the honest people? Yeah. And you know, another thing that we're, 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 we're guilty of is scrolling through our social media accounts. I'm trying to make sure everybody understands and everybody ha- can relate um, that they're scrolling through social media. Let's just pick Instagram for, for a second. Instagram is not Instagram. It's called InstaFake. I'll prove it. How many of you ever been on family vacation and you know that, okay, those of you with kids, you go on family vacation, you know, you, you do that thing where you go out to eat that night, you all get dressed, you wear your cute little all white linen shirts and stuff and, and you go to the beach to take a picture of the sunset, right? But it's not as pretty as what you posted. It's more like, Bobby, get over here, Sally, get over here, y'all stop fighting, they're kicking dirt and kicking sand, what am I, y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody, can, can you relate? What happens? And then we post that picture and we, we get the sunset just right and get the filters on there and it makes it look like, wow, the Webbers are enjoying their vacation. No, we wasn't. We were having World War III, but we wanted you to think everything was Pinterest perfect. Huh? Yeah, see, I knew I was going to start rumbling some. And what do we do? Hashtag family vacation. More like hashtag World War III, right? And, and how about, um, oh, and then COVID-19 gets introduced and inserted into the year 2020. So can we please stop talking about it? Well, but what happened? Then, then, then all, the, all the moms, they, I, yes, I'll, I'll sign up and I'll, I'll teach my kids virtually, right? And what do they do? 
set them all down, give them some juice. Okay, we're going to take a picture, snap, everybody smiles, hashtag homeschooling the kids. You know good and well that was not that picture. You had to bribe them with five cookies and two cups of milk just to get them, huh? Or some Kool-Aid. You know what told the stories? Because in the picture, if you zoom in, you see that red stuff right around their mouth. That's because, y'all, you bribe somebody. We got to make this picture look good. We live in a society where we're constantly looking at what everybody else is posting, what other people are doing, what other people are buying. And what's happening is it's causing us to have a gap because now we're no longer looking at what we're actually blessed with having. Now we've taken 20 steps back because we're comparing it to what everybody else has. And I don't have that. Yet you're, you're denying the fact that God actually has his hand on your life. And the blessings of God and his protection are on you. But you're too worried about what everybody else is doing. It's called you, you and me have created a gap. If we're not careful, we'll misappreciate where we are. So James kicks off chapter 4 asking this question. Doesn't the battle begin inside of you? Watch what he says. He said, what's causing these quarrels and fights among you? Don't, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? See, we thought it was the devil. We thought it was somebody else. No, it's a war that's within inside of you. You have complete... Um, uh, uh, you have... You don't have to get on Facebook first thing in the morning. Why don't you pick up and scroll God's word? I'll keep moving. James is telling them that's why you quarrel and that's why you fight. Because there's a war within you. In essence, what he's saying is let's not focus on what everyone else is doing. Let's focus on the thing that's inside of you. Think about this. Everybody say gap. Think about Adam and Eve. They had everything in the garden except for one tree. I always go back to the Garden of Eden because that's where it started. One tree. What did the enemy do? He came in, created a what? He created a gap through doubt. You won't surely die. Here, eat. Eat of the forbidden fruit. Then you can be like God. He created, he created the, the gap of doubt. And then when she and he took the bite of the apple, they then created the distance. I just got that. The enemy creates the gap through doubt, unbelief. We create the distance when we start walking away because we see a gap. So James comes on the scene through this letter and he says, let's close the gap. Why? Because he's noticing that these guys, these, 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 the early church is focusing on the wrong thing. Everybody say wrong thing. Can I tell you how to close the gap in this area of always focusing on what everyone else is doing and what they have? Write this down. Here it is. Focus on what you do have and then fight to be thankful. Fight to stay thankful. Because when, it, when that blessing came, you were thankful. But then through all kinds of other things and, and other struggles, we create the gap because we forgot that he actually blessed our life in that season. So focus on what you do have and then fight to stay thankful. 
Thursday is Thanksgiving. Y'all ready for some turkey? Y'all ready for some bird and ham? Yes, sir. I'm going to stop talking about it because I'll be hungry in a minute. I may not have that car, but I still have a car. I wrote that down because that one applied to me. (laughs) I may not have that kind of marriage, but thank God I'm still married. See, I'm trying to... see. They got a perfect marriage. We create the gap in the distance because we're measuring our marriage to someone else's marriage, but it's Pinterest perfect. It's Insta fake. Because I guarantee you, they got the same problems you got. I know my body is failing me, but at least I still have breath in my lungs. I was thinking about all the times when Robin would sing that song, standing right there. I am who you say I am. And would stand there and lead us in worship, battling Crohn's disease, battling sickness. Can I tell you that I never once heard her ever complain? Not one time did I hear her complain. She was thankful for what, she was thankful for where she was. She wasn't too really concerned about and dad her and dad were the same way they're not going to let what they're going through disrupt their consistency i fail miserably in that when things get inconsistent in my life i get inconsistent in my attitude This is what God showed me right after, the Holy Spirit showed me right after she passed away. Though her body failed her, her God never did. Her body failed her, but God never did. Let me read this, 1 Thessalonians. It's not going to be on the screen. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 17 says this, talking about our struggles and trials and things we're going through. Always, maybe you've got a sickness, maybe you've got cancer, maybe you're battling something. Always, you know what that word means in the Greek? Always. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be, say say it with me, say always be joyful. Always be thankful. In all circumstances. See, because giving thanks prevents bitterness. Having a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving for what I have, and when I'm thankful and I'm, I'm looking at this and, and I'm no longer scrolling and looking at what you're doing and what you've got and how, what you've, what, how you've, you're living life, because I'm, I'm looking at what God is. God, thank you so much that five years ago you came through in this area. And God, thank you so much. See, because we lose sight of what God has done, we don't think that he can do it again. Giving thanks prevents envy. Giving thanks prevents jealousy. Listen, what, when I'm thankful for what I do have, it makes, it makes it easier for me to celebrate what you have. When I'm thankful for what I have, I can actually, I'm not jealous, I'm not bitter, I'm not envious of what you're doing. Because I'm thankful for where I'm at, I can celebrate you in your good times. When I'm I'm not thankful for what I have, I stay mad about what you have. 
I'm here to tell you, there is absolutely, positively nothing worse than a grumpy, jealous Christian. Listen, we're called to be salt and light. We're supposed to give thanks in all things. The world, is, the world has, the, has, has it on lockdown. They know exactly how to complain, grumble, and what are we supposed to be? Salt and light. So what, 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 is, what does salt do? It's, it, it, it brings flavor. So when, when you walk into your job and everybody's they're complaining about their stuff, and they, they've been scrolling before they got to work, and now they got a bad attitude because... Because Tom, Dick, and Harry and all of their family, they went to the beach and now y'all stuck having to slave. Come on, somebody. Right? And so you walk in and you're salt. You're salt. And you bring, you bring something to the, to the table and you, you change the flavor of what's in the room. That's what we're called to do. But I can't change the flavor if, if I'm dipping the Kool-Aid. If, I, if I've been scrolling. You can also... You could actually have everybody at work's peaceful. You might be the one bringing the jealousy, envy, and strife. And you can change that. You know why it's easy for you to change it? Because you're called to be salt. You're called to change the atmosphere. But if you're not, if you're not in his word before you get to work, thank you so much for the stuff you're sending to our family. Ju- Miss Julie, the verses every morning. I did it again. If you're not getting in this word... You're going to change the atmosphere, but it's not going to be the it's not going to be the direction that God wants. He's called you to show up on that job or sh- show up on that roadside, whatever your whatever your responsibility. He's calling you to step in and change the atmosphere. If you don't like it, it's because you're not changing it. You might be part of it. I know that's a little bit hard, but sometimes we need a little bit of that hardness. When you start giving thanks in all things, it's then that you begin closing the gap. Let me say it like this. Someone is praying for what you have. Listen. That thing you wish you didn't have, someone's praying for that. I'm so sick of my son. He's getting on my last nerve. Listen, there's a lady somewhere who's actually praying to have a son. There's actually someone who's praying and grieving in their heart because they lost a son and you're complaining about the one you got. I wish I didn't have this job. They don't appreciate me. I've been slaving here. I've been working. I've been punching this time clock for 25 years and they're not showing me no love, not putting no extra money in my paycheck. There's somebody, I wish I didn't have this job. There's actually somebody who's praying for a job. Get grateful for what you do have. That applies to every one of us in here. Because I don't think anybody in the room just shows up and goes. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You can if you get in his word. And you bring the joy of the Lord. And you rejoice in all things. We're talking about closing the gap. James goes on to say, if we're not careful, this is your next point, the gap can cause you, cause us to misdiagnose. Misdiagnose. You think this is the problem, but actually the problem is something different. We think the problem is, well, if I could just get away from them people, if I can just get away from this man that I married, he wasn't this way when we got married. Honey, I'm sure you wasn't the same way either. I'm fixing the metal. I'm going to walk away. What you talking about, Pastor B? Listen. 
James is saying, hey guys, they're not the problem. You're the problem. Basically, he's saying, I can't change them. I can't change them. I can't change what they're doing. I can't change how she's treating me. I can't change, but I can change me. I can change me. I, it, it, change starts with me. You want change in your marriage? Change you. In verse 4, James starts out by saying, you. Verse 4, he said, you. What did he say? You adulterers. Now, we automatically think that's, that's someone stepping outside their marriage in, 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 in an intimate relationship. But he said, you adulterers. And then he goes on because our mind automatically goes there. And this is what he said. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? He, he doesn't start out by saying them. Hey, y'all going to hell. You know how they do at the, at the football games. Repent, you're going to hell. He didn't say them. He said you. You, me. He said you adulterers. You're friends of the world. You're flirting with the world. This is deep. It's not really deep. It's, it, it, it's going to get you. He said, he said, flirting with the world's values, taking on the identity of the culture. What does that mean? We're scrolling through Facebook. And, 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 and we see things and people posting things that, that might just be a little different or contrary to what the Word of God says. And then in our mind we go, that, I, I could agree with that. See, what happens? You're bending. You're flirting. You're not, you're not in bed with the world, but you're flirting with the world and the world's mind, mindset. See what I'm saying? See, the enemy creates the gap, and we create the distance. The enemy says, he tries to get you to justify what that person, I, I like that. Matter of fact, I might share that post. Man, I, I'm real careful if I share anything because somebody's going to go, that, that pastor... That's like we sold some, I, I had to go there. We had some stuff back in the day when we first got married. We, uh, uh, Kirkland's Hobby Lobby was our, was our friend. And, 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 and we, we liked the Italian theme. And, and I had some Italian stuff that had like wine glasses and stuff. You know, Italian. You go to Italy, you got the wine stuff. Well, we've, it, we've had it on our wall forever. I don't even use that room, so I'm not paying attention. But sure enough, when I post it on Facebook, we're selling our wine pictures. The pastor's selling wine stuff off his walls in his house. I kid you not. Delete, post, friendship, questionable. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Be careful what you share. Be careful what someone else is posting and then you share that. Because there could be, they could have meant it one way and you see something totally different and then you've sent it on and then guess what? Everybody else caught it the way the first person sent it and now you're getting accused for whatever they said. Listen, we must remember there is a difference between culture and kingdom. Now I sound like dad. There is a difference between culture and kingdom. 
James is saying, hey, if, if, if you just start flirting with the world's values, not even doing anything, just flirting, not getting a hotel key and showing up and then and sliding that key into your coworkers of the opposite sex, your coworkers uh, 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 into a, a desk. I'm not talking about showing up and actually engaging. I'm saying if you just start flirting, what's flirting look like? Sliding into the DMs. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's called direct message. If you don't know what that is, that's how you send a text message through social media. See, sliding into the hotel room isn't usually how it happens. You slid into somebody's DM, direct message. I'm going to keep on moving away. Listen, let me finish reading this. James 4, 4 through 5. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. When you become a friend with the world, you're allowing there to be a gap between you and God. That's what the word just said. When I flirt, I didn't say I did anything, but when I'm flirting, it feels good to flirt. But flirting is, because that's how I got her. We flirted. She wasn't flirting. She sent me an email back and said, what's your future plans? We sent that through our work email. I was trying to flirt. She was trying to get a ring put on it. I was trying to flirt. Nothing wrong with flirting as long as you're flirting with who God put before you, for you, for, put for you. Something else I've learned in my Christian walk is it's so easy to look at someone else's life and say, they need to stop doing that. Talking to the church. Y'all need to stop doing that. They need to change that. What I've come to realize is that I don't have time to diagnose everyone else's sin because I got enough of sin of my own. Hmm? If we're honest today, we've all got areas in our lives that we haven't mastered. You got, a, you got an area in your life you haven't mastered? We all have. Absolutely. Listen, it doesn't mean that you're just okay with it. It means that you haven't mastered it. It doesn't mean that I'm okay with this area that God calls sin. I'm just cool with it. God wink at it. No, no, no. All I'm saying is I haven't mastered it yet. Can I give you some advice? By looking at everyone else's sin, you're wasting time on working on your own. Post that, tweet that, insta-fake that. Just kidding. Listen, I don't have time to worry about what you're doing, who you're sleeping with, and who you're drinking with, or what you're drinking. I, got, I, don't, I ain't got time to worry about if you got Italian, what, what did I call it? A, Italian decor. I even tried to, because I knew, I knew how people were going to be. The pastor done got alcohol stuff on his walls, so I tried to change it because I need to get rid of it. I called it Italian decor. Listen, I, I, I don't have time to worry about what you're doing. I got, I got to worry about my own thoughts. I got to worry about my own decisions. I, I got to worry about my own insecurities. I don't have time to worry about what the whole world is doing when God is simply asking me to look on the inside of me. So how do we close the gap in this area? In closing. How do we close the gap in this area? Are you ready for this? We stay down. 
I'll show you what I'm talking about. We, sh- we stay down. What do I mean? James 4, 6. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to humble. Stay down. Stay down. I'm less likely to see what you're doing when I'm on my face before God, repenting for all the things that I've been doing. Let me show you how pride works. Being proud doesn't mean that you're making bad decisions. It just means that you carry the attitude of, I got this. And if you know me, I've had some big issues with pride. See, we think pride is, oh, they got a big head. No, no, no. Pride is, I got this. Can't nobody do it like me. I'm going to do it. Anybody else in here? Looking for honest people? I'm talented enough. I'm smart enough. I know enough scripture. You can't tell me nothing that I don't already know. That's pride. That's pride. Pride is dangerous. Say that. Say pride is dangerous. Pride is dangerous. I've got boundaries set. I've got boundaries set. I'm a guy. I'm not going to get in in, in a car with a female. I'm married. I got boundaries. Nothing would happen. I got enough word. Maybe this one time it'll be okay. When you do just a little bit, a little bit turns into a lot. And before you know, you in the gap. And you're distant. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit will try to pull you and tug you back. And if you're creating distance because you don't want, you, I don't want to hear this. I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't care. You create the distance between you and God and before too long, you'll feel the disconnect. Hear me, that's pride. That's pride. We're going to raise our kids differently. They're not going to deal with what we had to deal with. That's pride. Because if you try to do anything outside of actually bringing your family into the house of God and getting your kids under the sound of the gospel and teaching them the things of the word, of the word, When you're prideful, the Bible says that God resists you. That's why I said it's dangerous. God opposes the proud. He opposes me if I'm flirtatious with the world's culture. But he gives grace to those that stay down low. I don't know about you, but I need his grace. And it's hard for me to receive his grace when I'm, when I'm looking at you need his grace and you need his grace bless the Lord oh my soul I need his grace I need his grace God desires more than anything to be close to you let me show you it's verse 8 it it won't be on the screen either verse 8 says come close to God and God will come close to you 
Yes. God desires more than anything to be close to you. That's why the enemy is working overtime to create gaps in our lives. Because because he knows that God wants to be close to us. So what does he do? Create a gap. We create the distance. So if you haven't heard me heard anything that I've said today, I hope you hear this. Stay down. Get down low and draw close to God. Set aside quality time with the Father. As you know, Josh and Brittany asked if Amy and I would assume responsibility of the family home. Honestly, that is too hard for them. And they're in school and, and those type things and emotionally too hard. Not that it's not for us. And so, Brittany and Josh were able to um, move a lot of the furniture and stuff over to Gainesville. We made that happen this week. And, but there was one particular item that was too big to fit. It was Dad's chair. It's a maroon, Ohio State Buckeye color, leather chair. With a spot right on the center of the, of the headrest. Because when you bald and you sweat, nothing absorbs it. So whatever you touch, his head prints right there. We've moved all of our furniture in. We're still in the process. Everybody say process. It's a process. And there's dad's chair in there. We've just combined it with our stuff. Yesterday morning, I left Amy and Ansley at the other home we were in between but stuff that I needed was at the other house and so I went over there to study for today and I sat in that chair and I can't I, I just all of the all of the mornings where after he would go to the gym he would come back and he would have his devotions in that chair I'm talking about getting close to God drawing close to God staying down low That's my new spot now. That's my spot. I'm just kidding. Where's your spot? Where do you spend time with God? Do you even spend time with Him? You can't say, I want to be low if you're not willing to get there. This is where you'll find him. This is, the Bible says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. You know where you'll find him? Down low. He's not going to be in the spotlight. He came in a manger. He's not going to be in the spotlight. He rode into town on a donkey. If you want to find him, do you need him? Do you need him in your marriage? Do you want him in your do you want God in your choices in life? You know where you'll find him? Down low. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you say, yep. 
I haven't made it a priority to be there every day down low. But after that word, Pastor B, I'm making the commitment that I'm going to get there. If that's you, we just raise your hand. I want to I want to be lo- and maybe you're already doing it and you say, "You know what? I want to go deeper. I need more of him. I want to go deeper." Father, all of us in this room desire. We do. We want we were created to want to be with you, to please you, to honor you. Our bodies are your temple. God, we want to stop flirting with the values of culture. And we know to make that happen, we got to get low. May the passion ever burn inside of every one of us to be more like you. To not start our day or complete our day without having time, carved out time with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing that I want to do before I turn it over. Uh, I'm going to get Cole to come down. Cole hurt himself uh, picking up. Told him welcome to the club of getting older. But he didn't let that stop him serving today. So I'm gonna, I wanna, we're going to anoint and pray for you. Is there anybody else in here? Just in the last few moments. It's not even 12 o'clock yet. I got 60 seconds, but it's almost there. Anybody else that says, I, I, I just want to be anointed and prayed for? You need healing? Something going on inside? I just want, it's not long drawn out. I just want to pray for you. I'm going to anoint you. We got fresh oil. Fresh oil. You got to put some of that fragrance in it to make it not smell like you got anointed with chicken grease so we took care of that somebody say why are you joking and being because I just believe that sometimes we we get too holy we get too holy for God hello remember what I said you can't walk that you can't walk you better walk that straight and narrow man I I need God to help me it says he'll make our crooked paths straight The Bible says, if there's any sick among you, get the anointing oil, get the elders, get the leaders, we're going to pray. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, may your healing power, your anointing flow now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. After I've anointed you, what you say is, I receive your healing now. I receive healing for my body or this situation. Maybe it's a sick situation. I don't know. But I receive healing in Jesus' name. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. We plead the blood of Jesus over his home and his life and everything he comes into contact with. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, cover her with your presence, with the blood of Jesus, you make all things new. You make all things new. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, age is just a number. It's just a number. And his body will line up in Jesus' name. Where there's tension, where there's muscle issues, Father, heal and make it perfectly whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You've done it once. You'll do it again. In Jesus' name. We speak healing in Jesus' name. Body made whole in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. It may shoot, but it will fall. In Jesus' name. We speak life and not death. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your presence in her life. I thank you that you have made yourself real to her. Just in the past couple weeks, God, that she's not alone. She's not forsaken, and you walk with her. Father, I speak wholeness, healing. Her knees, joints, in the name of Jesus. Father, as your presence is just flowing through her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet right now God I thank you in the name of Jesus that anything on the internal Father inside is being made whole better than it was originally in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I receive I receive in Jesus name can we give Jesus Christ a hand clap this morning give him all the praise Hey, thanks again for listening today. Our mission at Release City Church is simple. We want to introduce people to the real Jesus by helping them know God, grow in freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference in their communities. For service time, staying connected with us, or just to learn more about the different ministries here, be sure to check us out online at releasecitychurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We hope to see you soon.